It's the Odd Drunk Podcast, a very strange podcast, the drunkest show in the world. It's Jackson and Colton talking out of their ass. We don't care as long as drinks are poured. Sometimes we have our friends here. We will talk about anything. Anything. We don't care as long as we have And if you let that whiskey ring. So that's spoilers, though. (laughs) Everything between four minutes and 45 seconds, not in this episode. Maybe you can put it in like in a random spot to really confuse people. (laughs) But um, we already started talking about the topic without (laughs) introducing anything. So, uh. Welcome back to the Odd Drunk Podcast. Yeah. We are here to tell you about some albums that we like. And it's gonna not not gonna be as open ended as the other one. This is gonna Yeah, be we wanted to make it a little more um organized. Album reviews critiques, yeah. shall you say. But mostly we're talking about albums. I mean, if we do more of these, it's pretty much always gonna be albums that we enjoy listening to. Yeah, uh, shitty albums are not as fun to shit on as like shitty movies are. No, and so. I don't want to be a pretentious a hole <laughs> shitting on someone else's art. Yeah, it's because fun. it's fun to make fun of bad movies, but it's 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 more it's a lot muse, more fun to uh, talk about albums we like. Music and like visual art that is all subjective. Yeah, like I could hate something and someone else really loves it, so I don't want to piss anyone off. But if you're pissed off because I love an album, well, you can just piss off. (laughs) But we're (laughs) this is a positive experience, hopefully. Um, And we've got four great albums for you guys. And I I personally, the ones I selected, one of them's pretty obvious. The other one, not so much. I want to kind of use this as a way to introduce you guys. Yeah, I I, new artists. I chose a couple albums here that I. Thought I, 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 at least I'm pretty sure I've not talked about on the show yet. I um, think you talked. Well, you talked about. I've talked about one a of the, member of one of them. Yeah, and we've mostly talk, we've <laughs> talked about uh, the guy in one of your albums as part of his band. We talked about but, both uh, the guys in my album, but um, but yeah. So yeah, we're talking about these albums. You'll see it in the description. But before we get into exactly what we're talking about. I am just drinking some classic Coors Banquet. Yeah, we love that that Coors Banquet here on the show. I think the last episode, or I was drinking Coors Banquet as well. (laughs) I think so, yeah, along with the Estes Um, Flask thing. Yeah, and uh, or was it Coors Banquet last episode or was it the episode before that? I don't remember. It might have been one before that. Yeah, I'm drinking another classic uh, one. We've had this on the show, a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yeah, can't Uh, go wrong with that. We, uh... We this was part of, this beer was in our uh, beer ranking, um, so was Coors. So was Coors, and I it don't remember what we, I don't remember what we gave Sierra Nevada, but um, I do remember we docked it a few points because we had the canned version. Yeah, and the cans the cans are not quite as classic looking as these bottles. No, the are. bottles yeah. would have g- given it way more points. But if you're new to the show, that episode is old news. You've never heard of it. But yeah. if you if you are new to the show, <laughs> uh. Go check out some of our older episodes. There's some there's some hidden gems in there, I think. Oh yeah. Um and you know, let's just get out of the way if you really like us, follow us on Instagram to see all of our stuff, 
all the fun stuff. Yeah. Also, uh, we're at over 2,000 uh, downloads now. Oh, I was waiting for you to say it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, it's, it's it's not about the numbers and it's not it's not a crazy number, but we're proud of ourselves and we're yeah. we we want to say thank you to all you guys listening. But if you don't think 2000 is a big number, imagine 2000 2000 Danny DeVito's sprinting <laughs> towards you in a football field. God, I'd be terrified. 2000 <laughs> Drunk Russell Crowe's. Why are you putting these nightmare images into our viewers, <laughs> our, our listeners' heads? Here? Or ima- imagine two thousand of your dads getting drunk. <laughs> two thousand of my dads being drunk. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, it. If you don't think it's a big number, just my, think of those my, things. My dad gets into way too many shenanigans when he drinks with <laughs> me and my sister. Let alone if you put him with another one of him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I mean, this is a little cheeky Loki reference, but imagine 2,000 variants of yourself that all hate each other. Mm. Because they would. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people think that they're like, oh, I'd love to hang out with myself. I would not no. love to hang oh, out with God. myself. I'm such an asshole sometimes. <laughs> I, have to check, I, I have to check myself sometimes and be like, was I an asshole in that situation? Do you ever, okay, do you ever, you're like, working or you're just you're being quiet doing something whatever and you think a thought and you're like wait 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 step back that's not good yeah that's the bad don't do that of me <laughs> don't w- think about it <laughs> you're walking past someone you think a really bad thought about them like, oh, and you, but then you're immediately like whoa <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you dude that was yeah. a terrible thought i think everyone like, does that but if you start <laughs> if you start answering back right yeah that that you might want to Get some help. Yeah, but but if the an- if you're answering back is uh, telling that that bad voice to shut up, that's not as bad. That's, well, if that's... the voice is okay, if the voices start answering back to you, oh right, yeah, then yeah. you might want to <laughs> get some help. But but yeah, so yeah, we're talking about a few great albums. I would say all of them are great on their own merits. Yeah, we decided uh, we we got a couple uh, older albums. But before the... we. So, yeah, the way we're going to be doing this type of episode, if we keep doing them, and I'm sure we will because we love talking music. Um, so we're going to pick one new album, and that's within the last five years or so. Yeah. You know, if Colton wants to debate on what's new, then <laughs> then okay, <laughs> there might be some wiggle room there. But the old ones, I think, have to at least be... I said before 2010. <laughs> before we were born. Before we were born, definitely. <laughs> but we are at the point now, we're in the 2020s. Like, 2000 was 20 years ago. That is yeah, that's old. Yeah, old, yeah. So, you know, but, you know, it doesn't really matter. I hate that. I was at, I was at work. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a while ago. And uh, I, had, I have a coworker. He just turned 18. And uh, graduated wow, from so high young. school. And, and I was talking to him about uh, music, and he's like, oh... He was like, oh, I listen to new music. And I'm like, what? And he's like, <laughs> like Nine Inch Nails. And I'm like... <laughs> what? I'm like, I hate to break it to you, bud, but Nine Inch Nails is not considered new anymore. <laughs> no, uh, Trent Reznor has been around since like the late 80s. <laughs> and I... Let's talk about some honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't really one that I seriously considered, but now that you mention Nine Inch Nails, I would love to take a look at... um. The downward spiral. 
Oh yeah, because that is just a depressing, weird, <laughs> crazy industrial That's masterpiece. Why I like it? So I mean, much. no, yeah. seriously. I mean, <laughs> I heard he's kind of an a hole. I've heard that kind too. of pretentious, uh, but Trent Reznor. I went to church with <laughs> uh, the mom of the original guitarist for Nine Inch Nails. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I've heard Trent. Trent's yeah, it must kind have been like ass. a hired gun. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't have a band; it's just him, which I respect. I mean, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, one of the guys that originally like toured. With yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. yeah. He did that weird song with David Bowie too. Um, that was pretty cool. It was actually cool. Yeah. Yeah. It I was mean, weird. anything David Bowie. It was well, weird. That's but... David Bowie. Weird but I mean, cool. You know. Yeah. If we're talking about honorable mentions, uh, Blacks from newer albums, Black Star for by David Bowie. Oh yeah. Twenty sixteen, I want to say. That's the jazz heavy one, right? It's pretty jazz heavy. It's it was a lot of people saw it as his uh, return to the weird David Bowie. Yeah. Um, and it was a great album. Oh, it, yeah, it, it remains to be a great album. Yeah. Which um, is really impressive that you could put out a great album after having that many other great albums in your past. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, another mm-hmm. one of my honorable mentions. Well, I did feature this artist, actually, for the old album, but I was going to do one of his new albums. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Benson, I was going to do... a. It's good to be alive. I think that's mm. what it's called. Yeah. That's his most recent one, and I do like it, but I thought his first one, which is the one I picked, One Mississippi, I thought that one just had the had more of that energy, the lightning in the bottle. Like it, it just felt even though it's old, it felt refreshing to listen to. Which Yeah, I, so sometimes you want to pick an out like well, sometimes what makes an album good is kind of hard to explain. Other than it feels like that lightning in a bottle, like well, it's just the feeling just, it gives you. They, I mean, they hit the right, you know, yeah, everything just came together and, right. Um, and yeah, there's a f- and there's obvious there's the obvious ones that I could cover, but I don't want to do those. Yeah, I recently because everyone knows. Yeah, I had trouble choosing a newer album because a lot of the new albums I've been listening to are not new albums. They've just albums I've discovered recently. <laughs> right, yeah. I recently discovered or actually started finally started listening to frank turner oh yeah um and uh, i've been listening to some of his albums and i'm i've been enjoying it but the albums i've been listening to are from like 2009 it's always <laughs> so i wouldn't call that new it's always nice when you discover something that's been out so long that you've just never heard yeah and this would definitely be a different episode but you start hearing about that thing a lot more once you discover it yeah <laughs> um <laughs> Which I always found weird. Isn't that like synchronicity or something? Like Yeah, something like that. But I don't know. There's I've a, always noticed that. Like older... I'll discover an old band and then I start hearing people talking about it. Yeah. I old bands I'll discover or bands or musicians that I knew about but never really gave a like listened to much. I've been listening to Nora Jones a lot recently. Oh <laughs> and yeah. I never gave Nora Jones really a chance. I just knew her hits. But no, she's, she's fantastic. Pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Definitely. Um, um, uh, the other, the other uh, newer album I considered uh, talking about is Dropkick Murphys dropped an album just a few months back. Uh, oh, really? Turn, turn up that dial. Is uh, I haven't heard this one. It's pretty good. It's it doesn't reinvent anything. It's but classic Dropkick Murphys. Uh, I saw one. Sometimes that's what you need. One reviewer online describe it. I think very accurately as it feels like they're letting off steam 
Oh. But it's it's a good album. It's solid. Still solid. Yeah, it feels... Uh, some of the Dropkick albums are a little bit more on the Irish side. Some of them more on the punk side. Mm-hmm. This Is one, this one a this little one, bit more in the middle? or It balances it pretty balances well. well, I think. Yeah. I always like it when they... I think they do best when they balance it. Yeah, except their first album is just almost Boston. all punk. It's just Boston, just Boston punk. punk. Yeah. It's fucking great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last honorable... Mi- I mean, there's plenty of albums I could have picked for this. Thousands, you know. But, um, maybe not thousands, but there's plenty. But the one that I almost picked for this, but it just... And maybe I'll do it in the future, but it just wasn't what I was listening to at the time. Yeah. Uh, when I was picking the albums. So... It was gonna be the Strokes' new Abnormal. Oh yeah, which I—it's kind of divided among Strokes fans. Some people really love it. Some people hate it because it's not as hard. But I don't. Well, the Strokes have had like hard, fast songs, definitely. Yeah. That's not what I know them as, you know. No. Um, and I think it's one of one of their best albums. It's very nostalgic. It's very 80s, but at the same time, it's new and refreshing. And it's a fun listen. And it is a cohesive album. Like, it was really close. It was really close. Oh, yeah. yeah. But it got beat out because... And I'm not going to talk about it yet because we're, we got a whole <laughs> order to things here. But the albums I picked, I already mentioned the first one. Brendan Benson, One Mississippi. And yeah. if you don't reckon... I, I had never listened to Brendan Benson's solo stuff before. See, yes. what's cool, yeah. I never listened to his solo stuff. Most of us, he's most popular, unfortunately, because of association with Jack White. Yeah. No, I mean, not unfortunately. The Raconteurs, they're amazing. I think it's Jack White's best work, I honestly. Agree. I agree. Um, love that band. Seen them live. Uh, and I, <laughs> it's so freaking weird. They actually, after the next day after the concert, they played baseball. I love that. At this old baseball stadium I used to have picnics at and stuff and hang out with my friends. I love that. That that just <laughs> reminds me of like old school. <laughs> so like I've been playing uh in regards to music, I both we both play music and I've been playing a lot of bluegrass tunes and Bill mm-hmm. Monroe, you know, the founder of the grandfather of bluegrass. Yeah. He was he would do show concerts then, where he'd have a baseball game in the afternoon and then a show in the evening. Yeah, and Jack I just White love that idea that Rock and Tour is doing a baseball game. Yeah, <laughs> no, seriously. And it was kind of surreal seeing Jack White playing baseball and actually messing up. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> is he is he is he any good? He was actually the best one out of the band. Oh, nice. I will. <laughs> Brennan was all right, but. But it was still so surreal seeing them. And, you know, I got to shake their hands and stuff as they left and, you know, told them I liked the show. Nice, Um, yeah. You know, but, yeah, that was cool. But that has nothing to do why I picked this album. I'm not just picking it (laughs) because I had that experience. No, I started listening to Brendan's solo work. So after the latest Raconteurs album, uh, what is it called? (laughs) Help a stranger? No, that's oh, the, I don't remember. Uh, it's <laughs> I saw them when they played this album. Basically, uh, I'm, I'm on it. Hold on. Uh, let's see. Uh, Google, come to the rescue. Help a stranger. It is help a stranger. Okay, yeah. with the green hand. Yeah. Which honestly, I don't know. It's 
one of their best, but they only have three albums, so it's really hard to rank them. I, I, I think it's better than their first one, and it's definitely another one I could have talked about. But but after listening to that album, I was like, you know what? I want to check out some of these guys' solo things. And I started listening to Brendan Benson, and which is funny because he just had a new album come out when I just started listening to him, so that was pretty cool. You know? Yeah, that's always convenient. <laughs> but... But yeah, One Mississippi is first album. That's the first one I picked. The older one came out in 1996. Mm-hmm. And then the second album I picked, the, my new album, which really took me by surprise. And I think took you by surprise. Yeah, I listened to it today and I was pretty surprised. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so earlier this year, actually. So Weezer. I picked Weezer, okay? Yeah. I did OK Human, which this one is... Pretty divisive, not among the Weezer fans. The Weezer fans are into it, <laughs> but like among the casual audience, or you know, the casual Weezer yeah, fans. I think there's a lot of casual Weezer fans who just they listen to Weezer for that classic Weezer sound. And this one definitely is it, but it still feels and sounds so Weezer. But I'll get into it. I don't want to talk anything about it right now. But it's really funny because they had another album, Van Weezer, come out this year. So two albums in one year. And now Rivers, he announced that he's got four more albums, one yeah. for each season. Yeah. I'm like, this guy's just crazy. Just how does he write all this stuff? <laughs> um, and not I, all of his stuff is good. I love what Weezer's been but, doing recently. It <laughs> seems like they dropped off the map for a bit, and then out of nowhere, they just started pumping stuff out. Yeah. They, re- but like not like manufactured stuff. Like It seems like they're being creative. No, definitely. Fun yeah, I can tell they're having fun with it, and... But yeah, I'll get into why I like OK Human so much later. Yeah. And then you, what did you pick? I mean, I know, but just yeah, for... yeah. Uh, the the older album I picked, uh, 1990, I think. Uh-huh. Uh huh. No Depression by Uncle Tupelo. Um, this is one of my favorite albums of all time, dude. I'm so into it. I love I can't believe I've never listened to this album <laughs> yeah. before. I probably heard a couple of songs like in Wilco playlists that I listened to. Probably, but um, so. You know, uh, this was a band, uh, Jeff Tweedy from Wilco, because I've been a Wilco fan for fucking forever. And uh, this was his band he was in before Wilco formed, and uh, Wilco formed actually out of the remnants of this band. Yeah. This band had two main guys, Jeff Tweedy and Jay Farrar, and they, you know, they had a falling out, and uh, kind of a band split and turned into two bands, which became Wilco and Jay Farrar's band, Songvolt. Songvolt, yeah. Um, And this album, I mean... They kind of pioneered the alt, like rock country genre. Yeah, it's like well, it's but not 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 like some of it almost feels like punk country. It like yeah, has that, that edge to it. Be, and and they they came out with two other albums. I think two. I think it was two. Um, that are a lot more country feeling. This one I think is the best and uh, more influential because it does have that punk edge to it. Yeah, definitely. And, um, I mean, I think I saw an interview with Jeff Tweedy one time uh, where they said, uh, he said they were trying to be a punk band initially when they formed the <laughs> band, they but just the combination up. of, like, the music they listened to mm-hmm. or, like, the, the, like, Jay Farrar's singing voice and, like, the way they, yeah. the way they learned their instruments and stuff made Is it Jay sound... Jay Farrar the one mostly singing on that? Yeah, yeah. Jeff Tweedy has the more, like, higher country mm-hmm. sounding yeah, yeah, voice yeah. and Jay Farrar has the raspier the one. The raspy, yeah. Yeah. Um, I dig it. 
I, so I, it's a really good album, uh, and we'll talk about that in a minute here. Definitely, and your second one. Yeah, uh, Alphabet Land by X came out 2020. So this is a new album by a very old band. Yeah, and <laughs> it's a special album because it's the first album since 1985 that yeah. they've recorded with the original lineup. They got Billy Zoom back on guitar. No, and it's really cool. I. It's just crazy that their first album, Los Angeles, you know, the cl- yeah. classic. Yeah. I mean, that could have been your older one, honestly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Which but, is, that's a, one of the best punk albums of all no, time. No, definitely. Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. Um, and I have opinions on Alphabet Land, but I enjoyed it. Definitely. It's not like the most perfect album ever, but. But uh, it's just. You know, I was looking for new albums. Like I said uh, a few minutes back. Uh, I had trouble picking a new album because a lot of the albums I've been listening to recently have not been new albums. No, but I really enjoyed Alphabet so, Land. It's really cool that they came back. Uh, I just thought this album would be... Almost 40 years in the making. It's a good <laughs> album. It's an album that we probably wouldn't have talked about otherwise. And uh, it is an important album considering like it's, it's pretty significant for the band. So I thought yeah. it would be a good one to talk about. No, definitely. Um, yeah. And... Uh, there's some fun facts about some of these songs in here. They're pretty fun. And like I said, the, I think the biggest thing they is they got Billy Zoom back on guitar, and he, I think, is quintessential to that X sound because uh-huh. he has that rockabilly punk sound. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what you got to have. Yeah, but that that's a good album. Um, and yeah, before we get into it, what we're going to do, and we'll... St- I don't know if we're going to put share it yet. Maybe we'll wait until there's more, <laughs> but we're going to start making a Spotify playlist and what it's going to be our favorite songs off of the albums that we review in these episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll try to make it make sense. <laughs> and cause we talked about a long time ago doing like a odd drunk Spotify playlist. Yeah. So I think this is the perfect opportunity cause we can share our favorite songs. You can also, you can also uh, retroactively add to the playlist. We could definitely well. add to it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we'll we'll probably put together a playlist. And for this. what we're gonna do? So obviously we're gonna get into the details and everything. But so we're gonna pick out or tell what our favorite song is. What we think is just the definitive, or maybe not necessarily best, but our favorite song that most encapsulates that album, that sound. Yeah. Um. And then I think a good second one would be to pick out the hidden gem. Yeah. Maybe one that's not so obvious that may not necessarily be your favorite, but is like your second favorite and you think deserves the spotlight. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The underrated song. And then (laughs) the weakest song. (laughs) The song that you think should just be out of the album altogether. Or at least could have been put somewhere. But yeah, the album that... I mean, the song that could have been left out of the album. And on some of these, that might be pretty hard, but that's the rules. I don't make them. Yeah. Them be the rules. They are the rules. Those are the universal album review rules. They're made by <laughs> the, the rules uh, <laughs> created by the timekeepers. The rules make us. <laughs> <laughs> And also, 
I do have an idea maybe to do like a tier list of all these albums at some point. But we're not going to I'm not going to rate them. Cuz we like these albums. I Yeah. I I don't think I just don't think it'd be fair for us to rate them. I don't know. That's just where I'm at. Unless yeah. you want to rate them. I'm not going to uh, yeah, I'm not going to assign any ratings to this. We're just going to talk about uh We like all these. Songs. So, yeah, yeah. If it's in these episodes, we like the album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so here we go. So the way we're also going to be doing this from now on, starting with this episode, we're going to start in chronological order. So whoever picked the oldest album will go first. Yep. And that's you. Yeah, No Depression, released in June 21st, 1990. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I gave the synopsis of the album uh, a few minutes ago. Um, before we were start recording this uh, episode, I, I was saying that <laughs> I think... Uh, no Depression is uh, one of the more underrated, influential albums of the early 90s. Um, oh, definitely. Because when you think of early 90s albums, you think of uh, Nirvana. The big grunge guys. Stuff yeah. like that. And nobody talks about... Nobody talks about... Poor old Uncle Tupelo. No. And <laughs> it's really funny considering that No Depression... And also, from what I've read, journalists and stuff would often use the term no depression to describe that alternate country sound. Yeah. There's a whole, um, (laughs) uh, magazine publication called no depression. Oh really? Yeah. And it's all, it's an Americana, uh, kind of Rolling Stone esque. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, you know, it's significant (laughs) when you have a whole magazine named after your album. Yeah. And what's, and I actually enjoy that song on this album, even though it's like the more modest one. No, I, de- I really so enjoy. no depression is one of the only songs not written by them. That's a Carter. Oh, that's a Carter family song. Okay. Yeah, and um, if you some versions of the album, hold on, grabbing another beer here. Some versions of this album um, have demos at the end, um, in, including one of the demos they include is um, "Sin City," which is a. Uh, Graham Parsons, uh, Flying Breeder Brothers song. Yeah, the Spotify version has that. Yeah. Um, it's not an official part of the album, but it's uh, it's included on the most digital versions of it. Nice. Um, but it's really funny considering Garth Brooks was like, he just got huge around this time. Yeah. So <laughs> I really wish there's a reality where this style of country got big and got mainstream. Yeah. And because. And I'm not hating on Garth Brooks. I like some of but his But he's the reason we have the country that we have now. Yeah, pretty much. It's yeah. all started with Garth Brooks and guys like him. He, exactly. Ima- um, yeah, just imagine re- a reality where no depression went super mainstream and that's what country sounded like now. Yeah. I mean, the song No Depression is also fan. probably the most uh, popular song on the album as well. It's the song you're most likely to hear. It's the version of that song you're most likely to hear, probably. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to give slack to the Carter family. <laughs> but uh, but that that's a version I... That, uh, out of all the... It's probably the only Uncle Tupelo song I've heard on the radio before. Oh, yeah, really? There's no depression. So um, what is your favorite song off of this album? Ooh. Uh, now, I think Life Worth Living is a uh, probably my favorite 
Yeah, I enjoyed that one. That's a it's it's mostly just Jay Farrar on an acoustic guitar. It's yeah, it's very subdued. Really but simple. I think I think the 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 first track, Graveyard Shift, is probably the most encompassing of the whole album. Oh, it definitely is. It, it's song. that sound. It's a great opener to the album. I I've only listened to it for a little bit, but it almost was my favorite one until I got to Whiskey Bottle. Whiskey Bottle is... I really yeah, dig Whiskey Bottle. That's a pretty popular one. That's a great one. Uh, yeah. As much as I love uh, Jeff Tweedy, Jay Farrar is a great singer. Yeah, I he's, love his raspy voice. It's perfect for this kind of he's thing. He's got an attitude to his voice that's really good. Um, no, I yeah, I think you know, Whiskey Bottle... Whiskey Bottle is also a good uh, showcase of some of the stuff on their later albums as well oh yeah um you know they have a song on their second album called moonshiner which is kind of in a similar vibe oh really song um they're uh the other album i really like by them is um i'm for- actually forgetting them <laughs> i can't remember what it's called but there's a song on here that's like absurdly country but it still has their style to is it, it that year I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's a story <laughs> behind that one. That's the one where I he's enjoyed like, it, but I actually laughed out loud. It's Jeff Tweedy because he's singing like, uh, you know, <laughs> quit school as healthy as a horse, and because of all that, be the first one to die in a war. Yeah, yeah. That song, uh, Jeff Tweedy has said live, um, that is the one Uncle Tupelo song because when Jeff Tweedy plays solo shows, he'll take requests. Yeah, yeah. Of both Wilco songs and Uncle Tupelo songs that people want him to play, um, and also. Uh, other songs. There's a great video online you should look up of him. He got a request in a solo show to play uh, I Got a Feeling by Black Eyed Peas. Oh, so really? what he did is he printed out the lyrics and just spoken word did the lyrics. Because he, <laughs> he, he didn't heard. know how to melody went. Yeah, he, didn't, so. he had never heard the song. Before. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but he won't play that year live because he said he was doing a kind of trying out a character kind of <laughs> when he... When they did it, wrote that song, <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it did. It definitely hit me as like the funny song of I, the album. It, it's the funny song, the, like gimmicky one. I also think <laughs> it's, the, it's probably the worst song on the album. I, it's don't well, like that one that much. Uh, other than other than the gimmickiness of it, I don't think I can really say. But it's either that one or Factory Belt for me. Yeah, they're more country ones. Are. Uh, the more like kind of, I mean, like no depression is pretty country, but it's very like old school country. Like, it, like mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, that Carter family style. But they're more country ones aren't as good. Uh, yeah, it's very old school country backed with like dirty guitar and like. Yeah, uh, there's another album they did called Anodyne, which is uh, another album of theirs I really like. It's a lot more country, but it also has some songs on there that um, like Wilco will play live still. Oh yeah, and stuff like uh, there's a song called New Madrid, which Wilco still plays live. Um, and that's a that's a pretty good album. I like that one a lot. So yeah, what do you think is what do you think is the hidden gem on this album? I almost forgot about that hidden gem, one that you may not necessarily like the most, but you think deserves attention. There is is it is it fair to include a, to to throw in a demo? That's fair. At the end, there's a demo track at the end of uh, this. I need to pull it up. Uh, and we will um, obviously find these albums wherever you stream. I mean, 
That's yeah. up to you. I I listen but, I listen you know, to them on YouTube music. Uh, we'll have all the album titles all, in the description for you guys. They're so you all can just on there. Copy and paste them easy. You know yeah. that kind of thing. I have to pull up because it's not showing up on the Google results as a song uh, on here, but I think a really cool song. And this one's a demo. Uh, blue, you said? Blues Die Hard. It's the last song. On yeah, the- 1987 demo. That's wow. a cool freaking song. Um, I'll have to listen. I haven't listened yeah, to that one yet. That's a really cool one. I mean, it's a crappy recording, but it's a that's one. I don't know if they uh, recorded that properly ever. Um, oh, there's been songs, demos, and just songs that are just badly recorded that I really dig and I like to learn. There's this one. Yeah, I don't think they ever recorded that on like properly on another album. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's they recorded. I think they recorded that on a cassette. That's a cassette recording. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a cool freaking song, and I wish they had done a proper version of it. Um, or do you think a proper version would take away from its maybe grittiness? Yeah, that's that's possible too. Because. <laughs> Some things sound better when they're done live and like kind of unfiltered, and then when they're overly produced, that takes away the like soul of it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna sound like kind of a pretentious a hole, but I think that's kind of the problem with a lot of music. Um, the song itself could be well written, could be a good song. Um, but it could be overly produced and like lose its heart, lose its soul, lose what made it original and unique. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's, that's why I think like as much as I like uncle Tupelo's other stuff, Anodyne, like I said, is a great album. If you get the chance, go listen to it. But, uh, I didn't go with Anodyne. I went with this one because this one had that soul and that uniqueness and that edginess that their other material just didn't have. Really? They didn't really replicate that quite as well. As so they kind of, like we mentioned before, they had that lightning in the bottle, but then they yeah. kind of lost it. Yeah, and their other material, like I said, is really good. Yeah. But like this was a three-piece band. But then they quickly, after this album came out, brought in more people and stuff like that. And, and that definitely can work, but then that's... If you're not careful, that's when it gets overcomplicated or overly yeah. produced, overly. Sometimes a song is just good. Just some simple ice cream chords. Yeah. Some sometimes, attitude. Sometimes that's all you need. That's that's what uh, Pat the Bunny built his entire career on. <laughs> ice cream chords and attitude. attitude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and for those who aren't guitarists or musicians, ice cream chords, that's like your F, G, C, D, <laughs> E major. They're feel-good chords. They're the... Just the open, simple chords. The ones that you learn, the first ones you learn, basically, yeah. on guitar. They're the ones that every other pop It's not bar uses. chords. It's not minors. It's not... Dissonant sus, you know... <laughs> nines no it's just simple straightforward chords and they work yeah it's the reason they're used so much yeah they're, they're used they, a lot they work i have my own ice cream chord songs oh yeah me too and yeah <laughs> i got my wilco sounding song yeah <laughs> apparently yeah i have i have the the one song that i wrote that bill likes to play all so much is just a straight ice cream chord song it's even in the key of c <laughs> is it it's the i'll never have a friend 
that song. Oh, that one. Okay. Yeah. That one's just straight ice cream chords. I don't actually have a name for it in my notes when I write it on set list. I write it as the ice cream chord song. <laughs> Which I think if I ever record it, I should just title it the ice cream chord song. So the hidden gem is the demo track, um, Blues Die Hard. Yeah. I think that's a great track that I wish they... I, I kind of, I you know, I kind of wish they had uh, done a proper version of it, maybe on the album. I think you already answered this question, but what do you think is the weakest song? The weakest song that could have been left out. Uh, I think that year. That year, yeah, I think <laughs> is a weak song. Um, that <laughs> one, it's fun. I get it. Yeah, it's yeah, fun, but but it did throw yeah, off the album for yeah, me. Yeah, it's it goes. The album has like this edge to it, this this alt country edge, and then that year comes on, and they're like. Howdy, I'm a cowboy. Yeah, it's like, all giddy I, and like, <laughs> like you're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like something we would fuck around on, just you know. <laughs> but sounds like a joke song, really. <laughs> but I don't think it's bad, actually. No, but it's it not didn't a, need to be on that album. Yeah, it's not a bad song. It just kind of threw off the album a little bit halfway through, and then you know, and then that song ends and no depression starts, and you're like, thank God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's really weird that one was before No Depression, you know. Yeah, it was uh, just kind of. I think I think it went uh, actually before I break was the song right before or after that, and then No Depression. Uh, oh yeah, I like Before I Break. Yeah, on liquor I spend my last dime. I mean that all. Th- some of the lyrics feel <laughs> like they're really trying to be stereotypical. Some of them do feel that way, but it's a little stereotypical. But it works though. It's so of its feels of its time. It is so of its time. Yeah. If if someone were making it's so revolutionary, but it does have like some of the tones that I would expect from that era. If someone were to make this album now, I might pick it out, pick it apart a little bit more. Oh yeah. For you know some of the stereotypical lyrics and stuff like that but right it just fe- it, it was a good album for you know and it's a underrated album i think for you know early 90s oh definitely yeah and i am glad you picked it i'm glad i got to listen to it yeah let's move on to uh, your uh your album so yeah um, next we have a common theme with our old albums actually <laughs> they're both from the 90s yeah Co- coincidentally actually <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I picked One Mississippi by Brendan Benson. Like we said, you'll know him from the Raconteurs, but he, I love his songs he writes for the Raconteurs. Yeah, they Raconteurs and, are great. And um, and I, I really like his solo stuff. So this album, so, yeah, it came out in 1996. I can't remember exact month. I guess I can get that if you really need that. September 3rd, 1996. Oh, you're looking up stuff so fast. I already had it pulled up. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's Brendan Benson's debut album. Um, there's a few songs that he wrote with uh, Jason Falconer. Yeah. I don't really, he didn't really do much, to be honest. <laughs> so I, I don't really have much to say about him. <laughs> but it's mostly just a solo album. It, it, it's a solo album and... It does have that feel of a solo album. Written and recorded, yeah. you know, uh, Brendan Benson did the guitar, drum tracks, 
key tracks when they're there, you know, all that stuff, bass yeah. tracks. It, what I appreciated about this album is it it was never overly complicated. It was never overly it was, complicated. It but was it, just well written songs that weren't anything. It more than still they feels to like be. a full band. You yeah, know? it feels like a full band, but it was just well written songs that weren't overcomplicated more than they needed to and be. And I see, I think that's they, not necessarily a problem, but it is kind of a reoccurring issue in some of his later albums. Yeah. It becomes a little too much, and that's why I picked this one, because it's just so, especially those first few songs, there's more experimental ones uh, later. Yeah. Um, and most of them I like. There's one that's, like, really weird, but <laughs> we'll get to that. But... um. The first few songs, it just has this raw, like frenetic, youthful energy. Yeah, and he was only like twenty six at the time, and it, and it very much feels uh, like he knew, when, like he wrote this album and then knew that, or went went the approach of uh, just letting it lean on the actual songwriting. No, exactly. Rather than leaning on, and that's what I production, gimmicks, or production. And gimmicks and stuff like that. No, and it's got production. It's there, but it's yeah, it's not overly done. It's pretty straightforward for the most part on most songs. But that's not a bad thing. That actually no, helps us. Um, and what I really enjoy is just this is kind of a side of him I've never really heard before. Yeah, these the faster pace, you know kind of raw and kind of not angry energy, but just really excited. You yeah. Know? You can tell in the tone of his voice. And um, and what's really cool, I think, the first two songs are kind of just like introductory songs to the album. Yeah. Like it's, they're all only like a minute long. It starts with T and goes into Bird's Eye View, which basically go together as one song, but I really like how they go together. Yeah, I think... Uh, and I like how modest it starts with T. Yeah. I don't know if you listen to it. Did, you listen, listen to it, right? I yeah. listen to it, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> I love how modest it starts. Yeah, but and then... then Bird's Eye View Bird's picks Eye up View the energy. One of, that's one of my favorites on the album. because Honestly, I really like it. But it It's but so it, short, it's barely a song, but I really like it. Yeah, it's one of my favorites on, on this album, but it does go so hand-in-hand hand with the first song as well, though. Yeah, and... Yeah, it's definitely got the faster paced stuff that I haven't really heard from him before. Because usually in the raconteurs, he's the one that sings the more... I mean, not always, but he's usually the one that sings the more soulful, you know, you know, deeper, slower. Not necessarily slower, but, you know. Yeah. He sings those kind of soulful, reserved songs in the raconteurs. Yeah. In the latest album, he does do like a standard garage rock song. And um it's pretty cool. But um this one you get to see a lot of that more more of that energy, more of the fast stuff that I'm not used to hearing him do, and I, I really like it. But the songs where he's more reserved and mm. more thoughtful and more reminiscent of like life and whatever, I respect those too. Yeah. And this is just an especially like the first Honestly, the first like eight songs, I wouldn't necessarily banger after banger. There's some weaker ones in there, but it flows well. It does flow, yeah. It flows really well. And it was kind of tough for me to pick my favorite one on here. I'm leaning towards I'm Blessed. I was going to kind of say that one too. I, um, that one is uh, 
I think very much the sound of this album in one yeah, song. I think you're probably right. I I really enjoy the bridge. That's good stuff that he puts in there. And yeah, it definitely encapsulates that energy, but I mean I, I feel like this album uh, really had a it does a what so, some albums fail to do, it has a very coherent sound throughout the entire thing for the most part. For the most part. There's a couple songs that do different things, but I um one of them, well, I'll get to it in a second, but so it's basically it's like a power pop album, sort of, <laughs> but it leans more toward. There's some instances that feel a little bit folk punky, even. So it's it like kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Yeah, it's like this blend of like it's not pop punk. It kind of it kind of reminded me because uh, I listened to this uh, yesterday, and I listened to it. Yeah, you know, I had I, had, I was listening to a bunch of stuff yesterday, and I was listening to some Frank Turner. And uh, it kind of had a s- pretty similar vibe to some of Frank Turner's stuff. Yeah, it um, different enough. It almost yeah, it almost crosses the line, but it still. I think Frank Turner can be a little more poppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't but, think uh, I don't think any of these songs are straight up pop. They still have that kind of edge and energy. Yeah, and kind of that rawness to it. And I think that really helps with the sound. I think that's why I like it. Because it has like those... There's even a song that straight up has a Beatles riff in it. <laughs> or a very Beatles sounding riff. Yeah. And <laughs> there's uh, one song where he even references... There's actually a couple songs where he references uh, She's 17, You Know What I Mean line from uh, oh, I yeah. Saw Her Sitting There. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think in... The, f- the most obvious one is in How About You, I think. I think that's the one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but and I really like that one as well. And maybe we'll maybe we'll write down our favorite songs in the description, yeah. or maybe or on their Instagram. How about that? I, I think I think uh, I mean overall the album is very coherent, flows very well, and it's fun. Towards the end, it starts started to lose me a tiny bit. It starts to lose me towards the, the end as well. The last few songs kind of starts to lose me but they were still good i mean i don't think they were bad songs but it uh, it went off track from what like the first three quarters of the album was doing no if it and i'm not saying it would need to drop all these but if or put them in different places maybe but if it dropped the last like three songs yeah three or four songs it would be like pretty much a perfect album for what it's doing yeah for you know um, before we get to what I think is the weakest one, <laughs> um, my hidden gem, this was hard as well. Cause one of these almost was my favorite. So I don't think it really show like showcases the albums overall sound the most, but one that was almost considered to be my favorite and it's, it's whatever I like. Why can't you like multiple songs on an album? You know what I mean? Yeah. But I know we're doing this thing. But Emma J. That was a good one. That one is one of his more slower reserved ones, but it has really cool guitar work, like this Latin guitar solo. It's kind of got this. I don't know how to explain it. It, I like that one. It felt intelligent, but not treating it. It wasn't treating its audience. That song felt like it wasn't it, pretentious. It wasn't pretentious, but it wasn't treating its audience like an idiot. 
No. It assumed that that felt like a song that assumed you were really listening. No, I think that song kind of did the most dangerous thing out of all of them because the chorus isn't your typical like upbeat one that you would hear on this album. Another uh, song that I really like, but just comes other under like um, sitting pretty and uh, but cross-eyed. Oh yeah, I really like that one, and that one reminds me the most of his raconteur stuff. Yeah, I could. There's see that. even like some melody in there that's very. Remin- I can't remember the song, but it's very re- reminiscent of a raconteur song. Um, and this is way before they got together, <laughs> ten years before. Yeah. This album came out before the White Stripes, by the way. Just want to say that. <laughs> um, Just throwing that out there in case you're yeah, listening, Jack but White. I think overall, my <laughs> Hidden Gem song, I wouldn't say it definitely doesn't encapsulate the album because it's so out there, but it's so good. Um, Got No Secrets. Mm-hmm. That's the reggae one. Yeah, that one threw me off a little bit, but it was pretty good. <laughs> No, it threw me <laughs> off, but I really enjoyed it. I was like, okay, yeah. we're doing a reggae song now, basically. <laughs> like, okay. And it's so reggae in the idea that it's a happy-sounding reggae song, It's basically. kind of the opposite of what that year was for in No Depression, where No Depression it threw you off, but not in a good way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this I this like threw being, me off, but it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, I like being like, surprised cool. as long as it's good, you know? Yeah, you're like, this is cool, I'm but, into it. Yeah, this one, I mean... It's actually a quite depressing song. I mean, it has. I like, didn't listen to the lyrics on that one. Well, I've listened <laughs> to this album a lot, so I yeah. can. T- I mean, he talks about how his he used to be beat up by his dad and stuff. How he's gone through depression, mental illness, rehab, all this stuff. I don't know if all of that's true, but he's singing about it. Yeah, and he even talks about su- contemplating suicide at one point. But it's this like happy like chill like reggae <laughs> and I, I love the chorus it's very simple but it's very fun it's easy to see yeah. i respect an album that is easy to sing along to yo yeah uh albums that have songs that you can sing along to are sometimes that doesn't necessarily they need to be simple or anything yeah no that doesn't mean sim- sing along doesn't mean simple but albums that have songs that are catchy enough to sing along to that's those, usually a good thing those are often the albums you listen to the most yeah because that's what it's stuck in your head that's what you just have fun listening to you don't have to think about it too much but it's still enough to think about but yeah uh, got no secrets that's definitely my hidden gem uh but yeah like i said it's a depressing song the lyrics but it's very happy yeah <laughs> sounding um it's got some hope in the end and that's why i like about a lot, a lot of these songs they all kind of have that hope um the weakest song I have an honorable mention for the weakest song. Okay. But I don't think it's necessarily bad, but it's just really weird. Yeah. So most of these songs are just like about his life, about love, love songs and stuff, you know, straightforward, you know, type of stuff. But then he does one (laughs) and he just, he must've just thrown this in here. I don't know. He, because he wanted more songs in his album. I don't know what he's thinking, (laughs) but he insects rule. (laughs) <laughs> that song if yeah. you listen to the lyrics it's literally like chronicling chronicling the uprise of like insects and like the insect apocalypse i love and songs <laughs> like that it's, <laughs> it makes me happy when i hear a song that's it's out there like musically that. It's, it's actually a pretty good one it's not one of the best but it's a good one like it's not a bad song but it's just so weird and off-putting yeah. it's like wait you were just singing about 
you were just singing love songs earlier. Now you're singing about like the insect take take over. Like what, I, what's going on? I just I really <laughs> appreciate songs like that's one. Yeah, it's, it's one reason I listen to AJJ a lot is because oh, it's Sean Bonnet's really weird writing shit. is so yeah. fucking weird sometimes. Yeah, it's like that the whole time. Or like one time I wrote a song when I was super high about like a lizard on a rock that was, and then I'm God. I wrote a song about <laughs> lizards too. <laughs> I like, wrote a lizard song. I I I, I like wrote a song. It was I called it later as jokingly. I'm like, this is my God complex song <laughs> because it was like I don't remember all the lyrics or anything. But it was no, like, I think it was like about a lizard. On it started out as like there's a lizard on a rock, and I'm singing about the lizard. But then it descends into how I'm God. Yeah, and I was well. super high <laughs> when I wrote it, and I've never really done anything with it because it's stupid. But I appreciate it for what it was. No, I. <laughs> it's one thing to write a weird sounding song and that might that could arguably be more ballsy because that's more obvious but I, it's another thing to write just a really weird lyrically yeah <laughs> weird song one that if you actually pay attention to it's like what is he talking about <laughs> um, but it's actually a good one that's why it's an honorable mention it's not a bad song it's just really weird here's a challenge for you to, <laughs> to go if you want some weird lyrics go listen to neil diamond and actually pay attention to lyrics oh yeah neil diamond's <laughs> lyrics are wild <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like i said those first like eight or nine songs basically yeah it's a, that should have been the album. It's a fun. It's a really, really fun album. Yeah, it's really fun. It's upbeat. It's youthful. It make it makes me think it could be a really good soundtrack for like a coming of age movie. Yeah. Um, and it's really. I mean, I might cover this album later on because it was an honorable mention. But um, his latest album, it's good to be alive. That one, if you compare it to his first one, you can see how much he's grown and matured. And you know, gain wisdom and all this stuff, but you can also see how it still has the same not necessarily the same tone, but the same like thought process. Yeah, yeah. Now, his latest one has way more going on, uh, and it <laughs> sounds modern, it has some RB elements and stuff, and it's pretty cool. Nice, but it this first one is just like you can tell this was just him songwriting. This is an album. He just put it out, you know. Yeah. Wasn't thinking about his previous albums. Like that first, I think usually the first album is always not necessarily the best because you do get better with experience and the first album learning feel from your feels mistakes, very authentic. But it's often. always authentic, usually. Yeah. I mean <laughs> I mean I mean you hear you hear people You're, say you must be a bad band if your first album doesn't feel authentic. I don't know if you've ever heard like as a musician, it's like uh I I heard a phrase once. It's um you can t- you have as long as you ever you as long long as you want, or as you need to write your first album, and you have a year to write your second. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so the first the pressure's al- on. You yeah, have those expectations. First you set album the bar. is often there's not as much pressure. It's kind of yeah. like just you're you just come make- out of, with it when you come out with it. Yeah. Um, the most popular song off this album I've seen it on like power pop playlists and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> um, but sitting pretty and I I do enjoy that one. I hope someday I'm on a power pop playlist. Me too, right? Yeah. <laughs> with Elvis Costello. Yes. The I, true Elvis. I would love to just someday play music with Elvis Costello. Yeah, that'd be I amazing. almost put Elvis on this list, actually. Oh, really? I, the, he came out with a new album recently, and it's pretty decent. It's 
your typical weird Elvis Costello. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. Uh, That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, but yeah, my weakest song. I don't know. It's kind of a toss up between. It's probably gonna be cherries. Yeah, that's the last song of the album. It just felt underwhelming compared to the rest of the album. It's not not necessarily bad. Those songs where it it's en- like it ends and now and then and then your speaker ends goes, on a whimper kind of, and your speaker goes silent. And you realize it's the end of the album. And you're like, oh, oh yeah, I guess that was it. <laughs> I don't think you, an album has to always end on like an energetic song or like a big epic song. Yeah, but, but you don't want it to be a song. That you don't makes want it to fizzle go, out. Yeah, you don't want it to be like when the album ends. You're like. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. I guess that was all. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Um, but yeah. That's but a, still, I mean, that's a, a you know the the next album that we're talking about ends like that too. It do. <laughs> <laughs> the next one as an understatement shocked me on how it ended. It, it was weird. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah, that's one Mississippi Brin Rinson I enjoy. I hope you guys check it out. Um, and yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next one is your new one. Yeah, uh, April 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, Alphabet Land by X. X. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this was this excited me when it came out. Um, uh, because X, this is the first uh, studio album by X with the original lineup since uh, uh, for like 35 years, something like that. Um, they got Billy Zoom back on guitar. Yeah. Which is awesome. I think Billy Zoom is cr- critical to the sound of classic X. Um, and what's the... So what's everyone's name? Just refresh me. Yeah, I, I got it. Uh up here on the Wikipedia page, uh, DJ Bonebreak on drums. Uh, Exine, uh, That's an awesome name. Cervenka on vocals. John Doe on bass and yeah, vocals. Yeah, she, she's the one that's mostly featured on Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah. Their most famous song which on the GTA playlist. It's a great song. Yeah, honestly. I've played in a band where we covered that song. It's great. Yeah. At my request. It's one of those <laughs> mainstream ones that is just... That's, it's mainstream because it's just good. That's, that's a classic. Uh, I played in a punk band uh, where uh, we covered that at my request, and it's the, one of the only songs I sang in the punk band because I really wanted to. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> if, you're in a, if you're in a punk band or whatever... And you play Los Angeles, and some old school punk or whatever gives you shit about it. You have the right, you know. No real old school punk. Will <laughs> no real old shit okay, over if, X though. No, true. Yeah. Okay, but if some <laughs> asshole gives you shit about it, yeah. Although I've never had anyone shit give me shit over uh, X. Cause no, that's why it would be so shocking. Everyone loves X. Yeah, because they're awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, Billy Zoom. Uh, he has that rockabilly style, that rockabilly punk style guitar mm-hmm. playing, which uh, I think is one of the crucial elements to that classic sound that they used to. Oh, have. definitely. And, and their first album came out back in 1980. Yeah, and this was exciting because of that, and uh, it was also pleasantly surprising to a lot of people because a lot of people went into this album, a lot of fans went into it, expecting old people. <laughs> Or at least the energy of old people. Yeah, and uh, it doesn't have that. It feels like X, uh, through and through. Some of these, al- um, 
songs on here. In fact, my yeah, they're like all in their sixties. Yeah, some of these songs on here. In fact, my favorite one, including, are old uh, actually demos that they finally put real recordings on, that were demos back in the days when they wrote Los Angeles. Oh, really? So my favorite song in this Delta eighty eight nightmare, which is I think a banger song. Uh, is a, it's an old 80s demo that they finally did a proper recording for. Oh, yeah. I I think I actually watched that one on YouTube, and I saw people who were like, oh, this is like 40 years in the making. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it literally is. <laughs> no, this album, it's fun. It's definitely, I mean, it. you really can't tell that they're old people. No. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I guess... It, so I mean, I mean, it's a little. I guess I, when I listened to it, I thought there was a little bit of old people energy. But, but it, well, yeah, it's there, but it's but, not. But only so much. It's as not in your like, face or anything. Yeah, not in your face. Only so much as like old people energy, as in like these are Slower people. These are people from the eighties. These are eighties old school punks. Yeah. So this is an eighties sounding punk album. No, definitely. So you know, it's it it doesn't feel new. No, but it sounds so X. Yeah. Um, I, I the opening song, Alvin Land. Yeah. I'll, That's a banger. Straight I up think, banger. I think it starts out really, really well. And about halfway through, I think it kind of... Some of the songs, with the exception of, I think, I think Delta 88 Nightmare, like I mentioned, but some of the songs about halfway through kind of lose... I don't know how to pronounce this one. Cairano de Burger? Cyrano de Burger's back? Yeah. I really like that one. That was fun. Because that one has yeah. like a funky kind of vibe no, to it, actually. I, I think about halfway through, with the exception of a couple songs, so it starts out really strong, and then it kind of loses a little bit of momentum halfway through, but then it picks it back up. Um, and that's, a, that's I think, a really good one. So what do you think's your favorite off this album? Delta 88 Nightmare. Yeah? That's a fun song. Uh, although honestly, Alphabet Land is a banger. I'll have to listen that to it again. Good, that was a good way to start. I can't the album. remember what they all sound like, but I definitely love Alphabet Land. That was a for sure. banger of a start there. Because you um, got to start your album with a banger. Yeah, it's really important. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> statistically, if you release nowadays, especially if you release a song, an album like as a full album, the first few songs are going to be the most listened to. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because unfortunately, people will listen to it for a little bit. It's honestly why a lot of musicians with streaming don't, services. You yeah, know. a lot of musicians don't release full e or LPs as often anymore. They release singles and EPs because yeah. with modern how modern listeners with streaming and stuff like that, if you release you know just a few songs at a time, you're more likely to get everyone to listen to all of your songs. No, definitely. Um, Although, that's unfortunate. Although I'm still a little attached. I'm glad vinyl has made a comeback because yeah. that forces you to listen to the whole album, to the whole side. Yeah, I always, when I'm streaming songs, sometimes I do pick out the ones I specifically want to listen to. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's I don't the do that. Well, that's the convenience of yeah. it, you know. But I don't do that with vinyl. Well, because for on, one, it's really hard to do. Yeah, but I, you know, I put on the album and I listen to the whole album. Yeah. And then it, it's, you, an ex, it's a it's an interactive experience. You got to flip the vinyl yeah, and everything. Yeah, unless you're one of those fancy assholes that have the one that flips it for you. I do. Yeah. I, I finally got um, Audio Technica one. It's uh, automatic, so you just press a button, needle oh, goes and the needle down. Needle goes down. Yeah, those are cool. And it uh, lifts up when it's done. You know, yeah. so you don't risk scratching it. Yeah, mine doesn't. Because I have, always used to be bad with that. Mine doesn't have any of that. Uh, 
fancy stuff. I still love yours. But it does have a, a, it. It looks cool and it has a Bluetooth on it and you can play CDs. And yeah, stuff, it's very so old it's, school. It's like a piece of furniture. Yeah, it's cool looking. But yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> someday I'm gonna get. Yeah, I dig your record one. player though. But uh, I mean, should we so talk? Yeah, Delta Eight and Eighty Eight Nightmare. Yeah, I'll have to listen to that one again. But you know, myself. towards the end though, yeah. Uh, Cyrano de Burger's back, however you fucking pronounce that. Do you think that? <laughs> uh, you think <laughs> that's a good? That's a great song. You think uh, that would be the hidden gem? Maybe. I think yeah, because it's it's towards different. The, it's towards the end. It's after. It's a little different. It's after part of the album where it kind of loses a little momentum. Um, also, we didn't. Um, so this runtime, twenty seven minutes five seconds. That's perfect for a punk. Oh album. yeah, I did want to mention that too because forgot uh, to mention the run times on the other one. I think that's perfect because it doesn't overstay its welcome. So one it, Mississippi's runtime, thirty nine minutes. Um, that's actually one of his longer ones. Yeah. Um, and then Uncle Tupelo. I think the one thing that actually does kind of hurt it, especially given the whole streaming era we're in, is its yeah. runtime. Yeah, it's the longest one on this. Uh, it's like hour and ten minutes. Yeah, it's that's the, it's definitely the longest one. I mean, uh, the next album. That's we're not be talking a about bad is, thing. The next album we're going to be talking about is only like thirty minutes. Which is perfect for yeah. that album. And though. I think Alphabet Land, 27 minutes, uh, just about 27, is perfect. It doesn't overstay its welcome, which is, it's all the better for it. Yeah. Um, I. No, I think it's, yeah. It, it would be hurt by being longer. It would be. And there's, I don't think, well, here's my here's my opinion on like short versus long albums and extra long albums. It depends on the album. It depends on the album. It depends yeah. on what kind of music it is, what kind of songs you have. But my thing is, though, if it's going to be a short album, pretty much like nine out of ten of those songs better be bangers. Okay? Yeah. Because you want to get your bang for your buck. You don't want a yeah. short, like, 25-minute album. i more judgmental per song on a long or on a short album. Mm -hmm. But at the same time... But a there long are, album can can overstay its welcome. Yeah, I I, I do. Not I, every song needs to be a banger on a long album, but it has I, to be cohesive. I often appreciate when a musician and a band knows when to cut songs that would have just been filler. No, yeah. Um, and so a lot of times you see those songs as demo tracks on like special mm -hmm. releases, which is always fun. <laughs> yeah, or maybe it'll release them later on as a single, or yeah, uh, you know. And then sometimes they just cut out a song out because it just doesn't fit the tone of an album. Yeah. And they might throw it in a different album. That's really important, I, I think, to have an album has a consistent tone to it. And that doesn't mean you can't do like different experimental things, but it has to have the same sound at least, the sonic quality. The, yeah. It you gotta it's gotta be like, oh yeah, they were using the same equipment. Using the <laughs> same equipment. And yeah. they had the, it was like the same energy kind of, you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think that's important. No, the the obviously the <laughs> this the actually worst, the worst. I actually checked my phone to make sure I was still listening to X. Yeah, the worst song on this is the last song of the album, "All the Time in the World," because it's a weird, it's a really weird like experimental with spoken word. It's a spoken word um, song. I guess the one cool unquote. the one cool thing about it is it's Robbie Krieger playing guitar. And that's cool. Like that's that's pretty but cool. But you don't but expect <laughs> a punk band to do that. Yeah, it was it's just a really weird they should have cut it, I think. And I love Robbie Creek. They should they should have cut it or actually I'd be you know respect if they had just released that as a single. 
honestly, yeah. that would have been weird as hell. But like that would have been kind of <laughs> cool. But I, I, it just doesn't belong in the album. It's really weird. Yeah, it, it doesn't. <laughs> it's one of those. Songs. Did you listen to the whole thing? Do you remember what it's about? Or no, whatever? I don't remember what it's about. But I did listen to it. Uh, I did listen to it. Uh, it's one of those songs where when I listen to it from now on, I'm probably most of the time gonna skip it because it's the last song of the album. You just turn it off. But at it. least, at least that's at the end of the album. I, that's true. Yeah. I always hate when. They put one of these halfway through like an intermission, and you're like, "Oh, fuck off." Well, if, it, if it's a, if it's specifically in the middle and an intermission, I'd be like, "Oh, okay, oh, yeah, I can see the artistic direction behind this." But if it's just like in a random spot, I'm skipping it definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um. And not every album is going to be one, especially with the convenience of streaming and everything. Not every album is going to be one you want to listen to the whole thing. There's a few songs that you oh. want to listen to specifically. Sometimes there's albums I listen to the first three songs and then turn it off. Yeah, because then it starts going downhill or it's be- not necessarily Yeah, what or you're because into. it's like there's, there's, there's a few albums I can list off the top of my head that are good albums all the way through, but, yeah. but they have a tonal shift after about uh-huh. four or five songs in. And you're in that mood and for I'm those. Not, yeah, and I'm in the mood for the, you know, there's, like I said, I've, I know I'm beating the bush with Frank Turner this this episode and keep talking about him, but there's one of his albums, Poetry of the Deed, which I think is one of his better albums, Yeah. but about halfway through it has kind of a tonal shift and goes more soft acoustic versus the first, like, four or five songs oh. are more punk. So there's been times where I've put that album on, listened to the first like five songs, and then turned it off and moved on to something else because no, I, that's just what I wanted. I always appreciate when a band or an album or whatever artist has diversity with their songs, but if they don't end up going back to like their main sound, then yeah. I start questioning. You that's know, that's the importance of mixing an album well. Yeah, and choosing you know. Uh, Take Stadium Arcadium by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, <laughs> which we which is amazing, which we mention all the time. And it's I'm not a crazy Red Hot Chili Peppers fan, but I think that's a really well done album because it's a really it's they double. show they showed they they were able to do a double LP and be able to mix the songs and choose the order of the songs in a way. It's where, actually like two CDs when you get it. Yeah, it's a huge Mars album. Mars and Jupiter or whatever. Yeah, it's a huge album, and they managed to mix the songs. And they the mix the that album well, re- well enough where you have all diverse it songs. Feels, but yeah, it's diverse, but you don't feel like you're suddenly listening to a different album. No, it's got to get back to yeah. the sound or at least remind you of why and, you're and there. It's really well done in that in that sense. Versus, yeah. I mean, honestly, the safe route is to do an album that just has the same tone the entire way through. But then that 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 gets boring. You know? Yeah, well, it can, but it can't unless. But it's you just take a really a, good take sound. an album like uh, an Outcome the Wolves. Which is one of the best punk albums of all time, and it just is rancid the whole way through. <laughs> but it's pretty much. But it's rancid at their fucking best. Yeah. So it's yeah. really good. Which that would definitely be an album in the future we talk about. Yeah. I thought you know maybe that'd be a bit too obvious. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we, we did an episode a while back where we talked about like our top ten. Yeah, we albums. mentioned it. Nah, yeah. That. Yeah, anyway, like influential uh, albums. Let's move on to. Uh, so this last this one last we have one, here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this was cool. I I uh I put off listening to this for a long time after it came out. I don't know why, for no no particular reason. I just didn't get around to it. And mm-hmm. then 
you chose this album, and fuck, it was really good. <laughs> it's actually really amazing. This I totally is liked it. if we were doing a tier list right now, this would be S tier. Honestly, yeah, this I'm is serious. A great album, right? I'm not just saying this because I'm a Weezer fan. They've made shitty albums. Make believe. What the hell? Uh, yeah, Green Album, that was playing it too safe. I mean, it has good song, some good songs on it. Hip, hip. Maladroit, no one remembers that. <laughs> you know, what's Maladroit? <laughs> but... Beverly Hills has a couple good songs on it. Well, that's Make Believe. That's what Beverly Hills is oh, on. Oh, that, that's what it's on, yeah. Yeah, that's why a lot of people make fun of that album. Because <laughs> of that song. Which is definitely the weakest Weezer song. Not a great song. No, it's just <laughs> straight pop, but not like in an ironic way. No. It's just, but, <laughs> but. Not like nowadays they're doing pop in ironic ways. Yeah, yeah. Like covering Africa, or doing a whole covers album with old 80s songs. I you love, know? that's a great album. Oh, yeah, the Teal album. Did you see the, the, the music video for uh, Africa? Yeah. It's got Weird Al, and it's basically the sweater song, right? Yeah, it's just the a same remake of that video, but yeah, with Weird re- Al instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But yeah, that's great. Um, <laughs> but so Weezer actually released two albums this year. Um, so the one we're reviewing, OK Human, that came out early this year, late January, I believe. Um, January 29th, 2021. Yeah. Um, which it was, it really surprised me. So, but. Get into it in a second. Second one, which came out recently, Van Weezer. It's yeah. fun, but yeah. it doesn't come close to this one. This was. Let me just before we get really into uh, on Google here, the genres that it puts this album under, I think, are very accurate. Baroque pop, it orchestral, says orchestral pop, chamber pop, baroque pop, and then pop rock. Yeah. So that's pretty accurate. I feel this is why it's divisive. We've been I've been holding it back this whole time. So this album is basically no, it is. Well, okay. The first thing that's cool about this album, a little minor detail, it was recorded all with analog recording equipment. That's cool. Yeah. So it's very authentic. The whole album is very authentic. It's yeah. You can tell they were all in like a chamber when they did this, because they were. <laughs> um, but the coolest thing about the album, and I'm glad it was recording with analog equipment. Um, I think if it was digital, that would have taken away the soul and like the kind of what's the word? Not nostalgia. It has this kind of reminiscent feeling. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it. I think analog. Overall, is is typically a better sound. Oh, definitely. Um, um, if done right, of course. No, yeah, yeah. That's the of caveat. Course. Of course, you can make crappy analog oh, yeah. recordings. But what really makes this album special and unique, and it did throw me off at first. Honestly, I was like, wait, okay, what? Because when I listened to the first single, all my favorite songs, when it first came out, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, is this like a one-off thing? Yeah, that's what I like I, it. That's what I thought when I, the first time I listened to it. I was, I was like, <laughs> and then it was about three songs, and I'm like, oh, this is the whole album. <laughs> yeah. Um. So orchestral. it's Rivers Cuomo with a 38 piece orchestra, <laughs> literally. I love it. Um, and it's amazing, and that's why it's divisive though, because there's people in the more mainstream audience that wants just a guitar driven Weezer. Yeah. And they. 
gave us that with Van Weezer. And it's fun and it's got cool like metalish riffs, you know. It's kind of a throwback to like hair metal. But is it as good of an album? No, you cannot say that. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's fun, but this this is probably one of their best albums since the Blue album or like Pinkerton, honestly. I think so. Yeah. I mean, uh and what I what really, I was having fun while listening to. This. Well, yeah, you have fun while listening I was to it. Having a lot of fun. With and it. what's really indicative of a good album? Well, like, and great albums don't have to be like a big cohesive thing. They can just be a lot of good songs that are put together, mixed well, you know. But when you come across an album where you literally just listen to the whole album and it just all flows so well, and it's one piece. One of those albums. That's that you put, something really. One of those special. albums you put into your headphones and just lie down on the floor. You just listen. Yeah. Just no, seriously. You. Yeah, I got a couple of these songs in my Weezer playlist, but if I start the album, I finish the album. Yeah. And it does, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's only thirty minutes, like you said earlier, but which is perfect because since it's all orchestral, every song flows into each each other. And it all kind of has this big story to it. Yeah. And and there's definitely, you know, you talk about, you know, albums you can just put in your headphones and listen to. And there's a difference between albums you can do that because you love that album and albums that's the first time you hear it. You're just... You're is, there. You're in a yeah. different world. And this is this was one of those. I think and this is definitely is. one of those albums that uh, I wasn't doing that. I was cooking while I was listening to this. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I'll listen to this whole album at work just to pass like 30 yeah. minutes. Um, I think the last time I came across an, a new album that I can, that I, I think was an album that right off the bat being new, not, not because I love it, uh, put in my headphones and just like lie down on the floor and listen to was last time flogging my came out with an album. Uh, the, um, um, life is good album. Life, life is good. Yeah. Yeah, with amazing album. Yeah, and, um, but I think this is one of those rare albums. But that, like, this one, it's more than that though. This whole thing is like one piece. Like yeah, I told you which earlier, is, which is why I wanted to say that I don't this is have. A, I I wasn't able to pick really, out a favorite song or a least favorite. I do have like my that. favorites. The least favorite that was really hard for me. Yeah, but um, I had to. But this <laughs> whole album is like it's just a it's like a sweet a Weezer sweet. An orchestral yeah. suite. Like, look it up. Uh, there's a live performance they did with the L.A. Um, the Philharmonic. Philharmonic, and I think that's what they recorded it with. Um, look that up. It's great. It's just Rivers Chrome on the piano. Um, and, yeah, Pat's on drums. They're all there. But this <laughs> album, you don't – you really just hear the drums and orchestra and piano. I don't really hear guitar. I might hear some standard bass in there, but – but yeah, that is the divisive part of this album. I tried showing it to some other Weezer fans I know. Tried showing my dad, and you know how macho he is. <laughs> he thought it was totally lame. <laughs> he wants like guitar-driven stuff, and okay, whatever, basic. But um, yeah, I mean, this album is arguably Weezer's magnum opus. Yeah. It's just, it's fun. It still feels so Weezer, but it's like Weezer, like on epic proportions. 
it, but it's at the same time, it's so stripped down. Um, it doesn't feel at any point overly complicated, despite having a full orchestra. No, it, it well, feels very like there's a lot, you know, there's a lot to it with the full orchestra, but yeah, it never feels like I imposing. think it was, it was the it, orchestra part was very well composed, it's very well composed, yeah. and I don't because it still felt like Weezer. I don't necessarily know if Rivers actually composed this whole fucking thing. <laughs> um, if he did, that's really impressive. <laughs> um, but I, I love the lyrics. Like it's t- it's the classic kind of Weezer lyrics where it can be deep, but it's simple. But it's about mundane things. Um, the first song, all my favorite songs. That's probably the big hit off of this one. Yeah, there's the version they did with AJR. It's the more kind of pop hip hop version. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it starts out all my favorite songs, and like you're like, okay, they're doing an orchestral thing, and then it just keeps going, and then the whole album just keeps going, and you don't realize it, and then it's over, and you're like, wow, what? Okay, um, it's just the first time I listened to this early this year. Just after I got done with quarantine. And it is a very, it's very indicative of time. It's about that kind of thing, about quarantine, about Zoom meetings, about being stuck in your house. Like, it's very of its time. And it's funny because they wrote this album and then they announced that they were doing, Green Day came to them, was like, you want to do the Hella Mega Tour with us? They're like, well, we were just recorded an orchestral album. That's not stadium rock. <laughs> so crap. <laughs> um, so then they recorded Van Weezer mm-hmm. uh, as a result, um, which is, and that's, that's another thing I love about Weezer, especially recently. They've just been really experimental and they're, you can tell they're having fun with it. Yeah. They're, you can tell they're not stuck in like some contract. Cause if they were, they would be doing the same sound, the same yeah. kind of stuff all the time. And I, Hate to say, I mean, I love Green Day. Don't get me wrong, but oh yeah, <laughs> Dookie, amazing. The f- their first album I've been re- listening to recently, uh, ten eighty nine thousand hours or whatever it's called. Yeah, that's great. Kerplunk, cool. great. Uh, Insomniac, awesome. Nimrod, that's like my personal favorite, not necessarily the best, but it came yeah, out Nimrod's was, pretty good. It's, yeah, it hits home. Um, but you know. American Idiot, you know, the stadium rock thing. I That's when they changed. But they tried to go back to their punk stuff, but they never have. Yeah. I hate to tell you. Um, their last few albums are just so manufactured. And I have heard the rumor that they've just been stuck in a shitty contract. And yeah. they kind of just been putting shit out so they can get out of it. So they can just meet the mandate for their uh, albums. I hope that's true. I hope it's true. Yeah. I hope the next one they release is like c- goes back to the roots. I, yeah. I really do. I hope the next, yeah. I hope the because every time I listen to a new Green Day album, and I've told the past people forever has been like I listen to it and I'm like, well, that was a waste of time. And I hope that next time they put an yeah. album, you know, like Father I, of All, I listen to it. Oh. Yeah, I and because I always <laughs> listen to a new Green Day album when it comes out. Well, yeah, I mean, so I'm hopeful. Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> but, 
Uh, I hope the next time they put out, like the next time they put, I'm and always, I'm always hopeful the next time they put an album that I'll put on my headphones and listen to it and just suddenly be like, what the fuck? And I've, where did that come and from? And dad, if you're listening, let me explain myself because you never really listen when I try to say this because I've argued with, well, you've argued with me about it, but I've told, I told you about this. Green Day is obviously the bigger band, right? Overall. And they were amazing. But Weezer is the most relevant. Oh, Weezer is two. so much more relevant. And it's not necessarily... Especially now. Well, yeah, because Weezer, they've started out amazing with the Blue Album. Had their ups and downs. Kind of went out of relevancy. But now within like the they're, last... They're back in force. Within, right yeah, like the yeah. last five, six years... Yeah, we, they've been hitting full force. Weezer is back in force right now, and Green Day still has the reputation of the punk band that used to be good. Well, I mean, they still play good live and everything. I've heard they're good live, but no, yeah, but but they have the reputation of but they're the as punk studio band, albums the, go. Yeah, they they have yeah. The, they have the reputation of the punk band that used to be good, and if you go. And if you and are, my dad recently saw them live at the Canes Ballroom, yeah, and I bet they back were home. great. They uh, did a just random concert out of nowhere for all only vaccinated people could go to. Oh, that's cool. No, it's, and it was only like 45 bucks a ticket. And for a band oh, wow. like them, that's yeah. really fair. That's crazy. That's awesome. But they did all their old shit. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what you go to see great name for. Yeah. I'd be disappointed. if I mean, I w- they did a couple of the bangers from like American idiot, like a couple of their new ones, but yeah. most of it was like dookie. And if I went to go see green day and morning. they only played songs from their newest albums, I would be very I'd- disappointed. Yeah, I'd <laughs> be. But enough about that. But yeah, Weezer, they're just they're back, man. Yeah, I honestly think they are. And Rivers has announced that he just wrote four albums. Like, holy shit, Christ, how do you? Dude. You came out with two albums this year, and then now you got four more, and it's gonna be one for each season. And I'm excited to see what that's gonna be about. That's crazy, dude. I I write maybe <laughs> one song a month, and most that's of those, a lot of music. And most of those songs I write once a month are and let's, ones I throw even away if they're I like, like them. even if they're like 30 minute albums. That's yeah, still a lot of music to lot. write. Like damn, dude. Um, but Okay Human, which is obviously a reference to Okay Computer. Yeah, I enjoyed that. <laughs> and I look up a uh, Weezer covering Pan, uh, <laughs> Paranoid Android. Yeah, on YouTube, really great cover. But um, okay, humans, just it's not bangers. Well, it is actually. Yeah, I, really good catchy songs in it. But what it is though, I mean, it's just all one cohesive piece. I mean, it just yeah, flows in each other. It's an, or- it, it's an orchestral suite. It's an orchestral suite. <laughs> That's literally with, what it is with rivers singing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's an orchestral street suite with Weezer. Yeah, I mean, and it's got just playing my piano. Love that one. Mm-hmm. I love just the emotions. Um, and it's got its weaker songs, but it's really hard to pick them out because they just all go together, you know. Um, for me, the weakest song is either going to be Bird of a Broken Wing or Oh Gobi. Mm-hmm. But they're still both good songs, and they yeah, both fit yeah. in that. It's not that they don't fit in the album. All these songs fit. 
it was all meticulous. You can tell. Yeah. Um, but for me, like, I know all my favorite songs probably when I love that one, but for me, it's Grapes of Wrath. Okay. That's the one I really enjoy. And that's basically about listening to Audible. <laughs> I've been doing that recently. No, yeah, me too. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I mean, it is relatable. It's things we're doing. To beat on the bush um, a little bit more, I've been listening to a Frank Turner audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> One of the reasons why I've been listening to a lot Surprise of Frank- you didn't pick Frank Turner. Yeah, one of the reasons well, that one of the reasons I've been listening to a lot of his music because I picked up one of his audio his audiobook about songwriting. And I and then I started listening to it. I was, and then I was like, I should listen to more of his but music I love, so I know what the fuck he's talking about. Well, this whole album <laughs> feels like a pretentious album. If you just listen to the music, it's like, oh, I'm listening to this orchestral thing. But the lyrics mm-hmm. not that they're too basic or whatever. I mean, but they're just about normal real life things. Yeah. It's not trying to be like some deep, crazy, like psychedelic or like imaginative. And it also thing. manages to be, while it's like big and orchestral and stuff like that, it's, it's, it's very fun. No, it's fun. It's not too much. It's, yeah. it's fun to listen to. It still feels very pop. Yeah. And, Shut up. When we say pop, that doesn't mean it's bad, okay? <laughs> pop, also, pop means so many different things. Um, it's like calling something Americana. No, exactly. It's yeah. like such a broad fucking word. Yeah, pop can be trash, <laughs> but it can also be really fun and good. It's one of those things where it's technically a genre, but is it, though? Well, yeah, it's like By the whole itself, the grunge debacle. That's not a genre. Uh, you know, that's an era. You yeah, know, that's or how or, I if, see it. or if you're talking about America, or just rock. Or, like, you know. pe- people use Americana. Americana is like technically a genre, right? But is it like because whenever you talk about Americana, you gotta specify? Oh, definitely. I was watch. I saw live uh, the Wood Brothers, which is a classic band that you would say is Americana, and live the lead singer. In between one of the songs was like, uh, oh, people call us Americana, but this is what I think of when we think of Americana. And they <laughs> proceeded to play a Michael Jackson song. There you go. Yeah. Because to <laughs> them, that's fucking Americana. Right. So it's so, and pops the same or way. Or it's like saying, oh, I, I listen to jazz. Okay. Uh, yeah. What kind of jazz? <laughs> yeah. Bebop, cool exactly. jazz, swing. <laughs> Just jazz. <laughs> Just jazz. <laughs> No, but um, <laughs> pops the same way. It kind of points you in a direction of like a general sound we're thinking of, but you got to be, you know, if you're talking about a specific genre, it's often got to be more specific than yeah. just pop. Um, and like we said, it's like Baroque pop, orchestral pop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because uh, that's exactly what it is. But um, so yeah, Grapes of Wrath, that's probably my favorite, but I also really like Screens. Um, I really like Dead Roses. Uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of good ones in this. Um, and you know, maybe we can pick a couple of our favorites off of each album for our playlist thing. Oh yeah. You know, cause I, that's really hard to just pick one, but, um, my hidden gem one, and it's definitely one of my favorites, but it's not in like my top three maybe. Cause I think it is a little... Almost a little too. How do I? It's kind of stereotypical. It's kind of basic, mm-hmm. but it's so fun, and I love it. And really, I just I'm happy listening to it. Um, Here comes the rain. Yeah, that one's just a fun, happy song. 
And it, it, I'm just, you know, I when I was listening to this, I wasn't paying much attention to the lyrics and which songs I was listening to. Uh, which is one of the reasons I had fun with it. I just put it on the album and it's, I was just you, listening. Because it's just fun. one thing. I'm I mean, looking at some of these the the, the names here and I'm appreciating La, La, La Brea Tar Pits is the name of their last song on here. Yeah, which is L.A., the just Tar like, Pits in L.A. <laughs> I used to go um, there as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, it's got a lot of L.A. references, actually. Um, but I think that's why this one is so great because it's not necessarily the individual songs that well i it, it how do i describe it just works so well as an album this well, is what what i what i uh because you know as a me and me and jackson are both musicians who write songs and it's i've kind of like listening wanted, to pink floyd i've like, wanted for a long time to sit down and write kind of a solo album but i struggle with it because I really feel that a proper album should be not just a bunch of songs thrown together, but a 30-minute experience. Well, yeah. I mean, they can a be... A really good album is a 30 to 45-minute experience. Well, you put I, this on I, and you're... I don't agree necessarily with that. I think you can have a good album that's just a lot of good songs... That just happened to be mixed well. Maybe they maybe make, they mix well, but then they go together to be a thirty to forty five minute. Experience. We have ones that go together, which doesn't necessarily mean that each song leads into the next or it's no, telling no. a story. That doesn't. That's not what I mean. What I mean is like, you know, album. Is, you, I mean, you've listened to albums where it just feels like like Abbey Road. Like, well, you've listened to albums. I think that's one of the... Albie Rose is fantastic. Great examples yeah. of like it's, a complete album. Yeah, but there's also albums out there that just feel like they were a bunch of random songs thrown together. The White Album, The Beatles. And those aren't <laughs> necessarily terrible albums if they're good songs. No. The White Album is great. I love The White Album. But it is just a bunch of songs. They're all good songs. But <laughs> Well, I mean, most you have of like Revolution 9. Yeah. You have Honey Pie, which is <laughs> yeah, most of them are good songs, but but, uh, <laughs> but you know it just feels like a but I think uh, and this is a good ex- I think this is a fantastic example of it doesn't feel well this one goes it doesn't beyond, feel like a bunch of random songs this one goes together. beyond the point of being like a well put together album this one like we said earlier is literally you listen to it front to back without even noticing it's one piece yeah it every song leads to the next. There's um, there's hardly ever a pause in between songs. No, there's always a lingering like violin or something yeah, going on. It feels um yeah. and then uh kind of and this one I don't think it's the weakest song because it's not really a song, but mirror image. Yeah. It's man. like the kind of gossip gospel one. Yeah. The uh it's kind of like the interlude of the album. I think it is supposed to be. I mean it feels like an album that if you if you were to see them live they would have to play it all the way through. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's why you should look <laughs> they up the... They can't just play one of the songs. The performance of the L.A. Philharmonic on YouTube because they literally do the whole album together and then they do like a couple old Weezer songs at the end Yeah, <laughs> with the orchestra just to see what happens. So um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, my least favorite song? That's really hard. This... I. I think it is actually going to be Liberated Tar Pits. It's not yeah. a bad song, but it feels like Dead Roses should have been the last song. Yeah, I can see what it's you It's not that it 
as tonally or like out of place, like within the piece of music. Yeah. But just lyrically, um, kind of, I don't know. There's not really a bad song on this because it just all works. It was just a good album. It's just put together. Just go listen to it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because like Pitchfork still gave it trash because they're like, oh yeah, it's experimental and like orchestral, but it's still Weezer. Yeah, but that's up. what you wouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, it's like shut it's up. a Weezer album. You still want it to be Weezer. Yeah. Um, and it's funny in their newest song because they keep on buzzing out songs. <laughs> um, what is it called? Uh, Tell me what you want, which I actually like that song. It's a really fun. Yeah. Uh, it's got cool acoustic work and it's just got a fun beat. But tell me what you want. They actually uh, there's a line where it says, uh, "Don't listen to the office dorks." <laughs> pitchfork like he does the cough cough thing <laughs> but um but yeah okay human really surprised me and it so new but it definitely has a spot in like the top three i would argue top three weezer albums yeah I think it's. I don't know if it's necessarily better than the blue album because you got to have the album that establishes the sound. Yeah. Because this is so out there. I mean, this this album still feels like Weezer, but but it still it, feels it Weezer. Would it feel like Weezer if it were not for the established like the the blue album? The Weezer lore established. <laughs> yeah, the, the lore. <laughs> we should do a Weezer lore episode. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, it's just. Yeah, we definitely recommend it. Just. And you gotta listen to it front and back. Yeah, it's not one that you can just go in, listen to a couple songs. No, it'll just keep going, and before you know it, it's over. Yeah, but you have a fun time the whole time. So, yeah. Well, you know, one day we'll do a Weezer lore episode. Where we'll Weezer we'll, lore. We'll yeah. explain how you know before before Midgard existed, there was just Cuomo, and then you know <laughs> in the in the. Uh, to prevent the apocalypse from happening, he sacrificed his mortal his immortality to become River Cuomo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there, there's this whole um, there's this kind of hack. Well, it's definitely a hack conspiracy theory that Rivers Cuomo is Kurt Cobain. That Kurt Cobain, he had to get away from Courtney Love, so he changes identity, changes name, changes whole style and vocal style. Formed another band that just happened to be famous, yeah. Around the same time that he died, and that he's Rivers Cuomo now. That's ridiculous, (laughs) but I love it because they vaguely look like each other. I guess that's ridiculous. And we're around, (laughs) yeah. So that's my head cannon. No, (laughs) no, but um, one and the same. (laughs) But uh, but yeah. There, there's our four albums. There's our first album review episode. Yeah, definitely expect good. more of these so we can keep uh, recommending you more stuff. Um, probably be, I don't know, be a while till we do another one, but I'm excited to show you more of what we like. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Got to wait for some more good new albums to come out. And <laughs> if you are ballsy enough to actually talk to us, to DM, DM us, uh, let us know any albums that you think deserve a spot in an episode yeah we will definitely or at least you want us to listen to and if yeah, we think they're good enough you know who knows maybe include them yeah yeah follow, so follow us on instagram join our facebook group 
Uh, if you enjoy what you hear, leave, all a, that jazz. leave a review on Apple Podcasts. All the links are in the link tree in the description. Yeah, it's really simple. And if you didn't hear it at that time, the little robot voice is going to tell you as well. Yeah, <laughs> little ro- yeah. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll leave all the, the information for these albums in the description so you can go find them and listen to them yourself. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. There you go. Let's roll that outro. This is not a test. I repeat, this is not a test. The Odd Drunk Podcast recommends that you follow their Instagram and join their Facebook group for more fun content. To view all of our current available streaming and social media platforms, visit our link tree in the description below. If you enjoy the show, it would be appreciated if you leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Okay Colton, you can roll the outro now.